0: Hey there, beautiful souls. I'm Colleen Lockoff. And I'm Meredy Lockoff. And welcome to Spiritual Sisters with Sass, the podcast where two sisters with a passion for spirituality and a touch of sass come together to explore the exciting world of self improvement.
1: That's right, Colleen. We embarked on this incredible journey together, diving into different self-improvement techniques, yoga practices, and a whole array of life experiences.
0: Yeah, and through it all, we've managed to create lives that are abundant, happy, and constantly evolving. It's been a wild ride, hasn't it,
1: Merdy? You bet, sis. We've got two very different perspectives on life, but that's what makes this podcast so special. I'm all about diving in headfirst into life's adventures and embracing every challenge with a bit of sass. Welcome in here. She's got her own unique approach.
0: Yep, that's me. And I'm all about the yoga, mindfulness, and finding my
1: Zen. And together we make the perfect balance. So whether you're looking for some wisdom, a few laughs, or just some heartfelt stories, you're in the right place. We're here to share our personal experiences and insights with you, all while exploring the wild and diverse world of self-improvement. So grab your headphones and get ready for a
0: fantastic journey with us spiritual sisters with sass is here to uplift inspire and keep it real
1: thanks for tuning in lovely listeners let's dive in spirit and sass here we go
0: and welcome back to spiritual sisters with saps Uh, today we're doing a podcast on vulnerability and gratitude i'm going to start with a reading called the man in the arena it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat.
1: Oh, it's my favorite speech ever. And it holds so much meaning for me because literally I will say to people, if you're not in the arena with me, I'm not taking your advice. And that really leads to that piece of you'll never be criticized by someone doing better than you ever. So remember, if you're being criticized, it's from someone underneath you and you don't need to listen to their opinions. So let's dig straight in because this kind of stemmed from us reading. We both have read the book by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. So if this you know resonates with you, if you're really feeling it, we encourage you to go um, go read the book. It's an amazing book one of the things she really digs into at the beginning is vulnerability is weakness as a myth. And with that being said, one of the major things that we need to remember here is that the opposite of that is true because vulnerability takes courage. Vulnerability takes strength because you're exposing yourself to other people. You are showing your soft spots, your dark sides. You are literally, Taking all of the pieces of yourself and like your insides and like pulling them out and putting them on the table for everybody else to look at. And that is the most uncomfortable thing that we could do. I know in this podcast, you guys have seen me do it time and time again. But the reason I do that is because I've spent so much time working on this and truly believing that the, the courage and bravery that it takes is what it takes it takes courage it takes bravery it takes being willing to open myself up in those ways and let people come at me because that's essentially what it is but one of the things i'm going to say about that right now is that also if i own all my darkness how can you hurt me you can't point my pain out because i've already shown it to you And we have talked in previous podcasts about the fact that, for example, if you come at me hot with this big energy and I match that, we're just going to end up like two heads butting. Whereas if you come at me hot and I say, wow, ouch, this hurts. This doesn't feel nice for me. You have a hard time continuing to come in hot and heavy because it doesn't feel good for anybody to hurt someone else. I remember we were... No, go ahead.
0: Please do. I remember going to Tony Robbins one time, and I can't remember if it was with you or not with you because there was several times we went together and and not. And one of the things that the gentleman, it it was Date with Destiny. And you know how we start? He has us write down our biggest secret that we've never told anybody on a piece of paper. And we all hand it in and just think about this. So we're like 10,000 people or something. And then he just opens them and starts to read them. And I mean, there was some pretty fucked up shit <laughs> that was like, read. Like I jerk off my dog and like there was some that were like sharing really triggering stories about what parents were doing to children. Um, and I remember the exercise was like, it was completely anonymous. So n- n- you were not going to ca- get caught reading it, writing it. You're not going to get caught for who you were for saying it. But it was the, an exercise in letting it out. Because once you let it out, first and foremost, you let go of that energy of holding it back right? He had this picture of you standing up against the closet with skeletons trying to make their way out and you holding the door closed um, and talked about how much energy that was. And then also the responsibility that comes with owning it. And one of his speakers said, the more you speak the unspeakable, the less unspeakable the unspeakable is. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so that makes it so that I want to lead straight into the difference between guilt and shame, because that's one of Renee Brown's. She actually says, I'm actually a shame researcher Um, because of the way that this is. And with what Tony is saying and what that whole conversation leads to is that shame cannot live in the dark. We have to keep our shame buried inside of us in order for it to be okay. But if you expose that out, suddenly that shame... It can't, it's no longer shame because you owned it. You took responsibility for it. You stated what it was right there. You can let that go. So the definition of shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Another way to say that is I am bad. The definition of guilt is the fact of having a committed, having committed a specific or implied offense or crime, meaning I did something bad. So shame is I am a bad person, I am bad, and guilt is I did something bad. Guilt, we can let go of because we can change our behaviors. Shame comes down to who I am, and that part you cannot change is why we hold on to it. So the thing to understand about shame is that it's not guilt. Shame is a focus on yourself, and guilt is a focus on behavior. Those two factors are so huge in how we feel about ourselves and in our, I am not worthy. Shame flexes your, I'm not worthy muscle. Guilt does not. Um. So for example, if you said something that was hurtful to me, I'd be willing to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Or would you be willing to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Or are you going to be the person who says I am a mistake? Because when I come to you and say like what you just said hurt me, Or even if I said words using a way that I know Lynn hates when I say this, but you made me feel, or I feel this because of your, because of you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is even because of someone else. The words that came out of their mouth have affected you, but is that person now a bad person or did they do something wrong? We have to stop the shame game. We can't shame them because you're not a bad person. You may did a bad thing. And we can correct bad things. Um, So shame is majorly correlated with addiction. Shame is typically the reason people will try to escape their feelings. Like a number one factor in addiction, second to genetics. Because genetics will decide 50% of whether you are going to be an addict or not. And then comes in shame. And trauma and experience but one of the things that we need to realize is when our parents you know said to you you're being a bad girl they were trying to use guilt to get you to fix what you were doing and we turned it into shame right our behavior is one thing who we are is another and we don't seem to separate those enough I don't think so there's also some really interesting things going on here with like the fact that shame in women and shame in men is very very different um so there was this this one thing that she says right in the book and it says for women the best best example i can give you is a commercial where she says i can put the wash on the line pack the lunches hand out the kisses and be at work from five to nine both three nine to five i can bring home the bacon fry it up in the pan and never let you forget that you're a man for women shame is to do it all do it perfectly and never let them see you sweat Shame for men is not a bunch of competing or, or is having a bunch of competing and conflicting expectations. Shame is not doing, or it's shame essentially for men weakness. Weakness to men is having an emotion. Do you know what vulnerability is feeling your emotions, feeling it all. And when you have these feelings, Shame relates directly to our worthiness and whether we feel like we are valuable or not. When we sit in our shame, we sit in darkness. Shame cannot live in the light. When we expose our shame, being vulnerable, it's now exposed to the light. It's being seen and feeling like we are showing our bad side in darkness. It makes it so that we can't, they're no longer hidden anymore. And the cool part about that is if I show you the bad sides of myself you can't make me feel bad about that later because I know that it's there I'm aware if you're choosing not to ever change those things though then that's where you will shame yourself your guilt is in the sense that like hey so I feel like crap because I did this thing Now, for me, one of the most powerful quotes I've really read is an apology without a description of how you're going to fix your behavior is just manipulation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. That one to me is so powerful. And for me, if you're if you ever have done anything to me, the way I would like to be apologized to you is I'm sorry for what I did. And the way I'm going to fix that in the future is. That way, I know you have a plan on how you're going to behave with me the next time, and then if you do it again, we can have this conversation, but it's a matter of time before I'm going to pull myself away, and not because of anything that's wrong with you, but because of the things that are going on don't work in the life that I have. These things don't benefit me, don't encourage me, don't bring out my best self, and they're not, the triggering that they're doing isn't being healed. So for me, yes, I, I distance myself. I've gotten away from cutoff culture, which Lynn and I know that's, that's my go-to. I'm a freezer. I freeze you out. You can fuck off. I'm done. And I'm moving away from that in the sense that I can still be kind to you. I can still even have conversations with you. But the level I let you in completely changes. And the amount that you get from me changes.
0: This brings up the one of the agreements that I have when we do teacher training is specifically around no more apologizing. Not only is it because, okay, first of all, we're Canadians, So a lot of what we hear is um, that, you know, sorry, and anyone that's not from Canada is going to laugh at the way I say sorry. Um, is that we apologize. Even if I like bump into you, I would be one to say sorry. The reality is- Even if you is, bump into me, I say sorry. Yeah, you say sorry. Yes, yes, yes. The, and the reality is that this isn't true. Um, I I work with people from all over the world and everybody apologizes. Um, I see it when people are having emotion, they'll say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They'll start to apologize for having emotion. Hmm, let's go into that, right? Um, and then again, it, so this was this happened at a teacher training I was running um, in April and the way breakfast was was set out like more buffet style and all of us sitting at one really big table. And every day instead of can you p- please pass me the rice, can you please pass me this, people would stand up and go to where the bowls were. And I, we have these agreements, no more apologies, because they're so empty handed, you're handing them out like Tic Tacs. So yeah. for me, as a space holder, you know, in order for people to feel safe, they have to know that I value my word. And if I say something, I do it. So if I just throw out empty handed apologies, I'm a liar. Yeah. So we're sitting there, everyone agrees, okay, no more stories, we'll really... Work on that, you know, and the the way that I remind people is when they say sorry, I say not sorry. And they're like, oh, yeah, OK, that's right. Not sorry. Not sorry. So it was probably about the sixth morning in a row that this really kind gentleman came up and was reaching across in front of me and said sorry. And I said, not sorry. And he's like, yeah, but but really, I am. I'm like, well, then if you are, then stop doing it. And he just looked at me like, what? I'm like, stop it. Stop reaching across in front of me then. And he was like, felt incredibly awkward. I'm like, that's right, because you're not freaking sorry. You're not sorry that you're reaching across in front of me so that you can get your food. As we talked about, replace your apologies with thank yous because what is it yeah. that you're appreciating? You're appreciating that you could reach across me. So, thank you for you know being patient in me reaching across or why don't you just ask me for what you fucking want you want the eggs can you please pass me the eggs It's so funny like in this culture I had a conversation right before you and I both Meredith and I were on separate podcasts this morning and we were talking about this exact this exact thing of like being afraid to ask for what you want not even knowing what you want and then this idea of selfishness being bad right and all the things that you're talking about like this shame i am bad i can't change who i am at my core i think the yoga really helps because one of the key factors in yoga is you are not your body you are not your emotions you are not your thoughts and all three of the things that you were talking about was exactly that at the core I am bad that's a thought that's not true that's not who you are right the emotion is what you're trying to bypass with the feeling of shame or guilt Yep. right last week's podcast and then all of these things happen in the freaking body which is why we misidentify because we misidentify as the body and therefore all of the things that happen with the body, we misidentify as.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) And I love that. Stop. Replace your sorry with thank you. And I really encourage all of our listeners, try that because it's not fucking easy. No. It's way harder. And to actually, and don't just say thank you where you would say sorry. Say thank you for letting me reach across you. So they understand that like, It's going to affect people in ways where they're like, wait, what just happened? Right. Because we're not used to that. We're used to, well, right now I'm kind of taking rude behavior by reaching across you when you're supposed to be eating. And sorry, but how is that rude? I do prefer that. Hey, would you mind passing me the eggs? Now, if you're in the middle of a scoop asking you that just means I have to wait and that's fine, but asking for what you want. And now I get called aggressive. I call it assertive, but I get called aggressive Because I am very clear about what I want and what I don't want, what I like and what I don't like, and that I'm not the person that is just going to settle for whatever it is that you want to put in front of me. Sometimes I will. And I am actually a really easygoing person, unless it's something I strongly believe in. But who,
0: think about this, who in their right mind calls you aggressive? People that don't ask for what they want. Because anybody that asks for that with what they want they get what they want they would say to you don't I yeah. respect that in other people I respect direct yeah. people I know exactly where I stand I don't have any people pleasing behaviors and I know I can trust this person because they're going to fucking tell me if I'm going to die if they don't like me like if something's wrong yeah those people pleasers the ones that are like oh my god you're so aggressive that's their own shit
1: a hundred percent their own shit because they can't say the things and they're uncomfortable when the things are said yeah and I hate to say that I'm not uncomfortable when I say the things I'm uncomfortable when people have the reaction to me saying the things and I'm like oh should I have said that and then I'm like (laughs) well sorry but it is I am who I am not sorry I would rather (laughs) say the things than sit here and pretend I'm not who I am because that's part of my authenticity and I don't wear a mask And when I have to put a mask on, I'm like peeling it off because it's just too much. I need to be myself. And I'm sorry if that hurts you, but I'm not sorry sorry if that hurts you. (laughs) But
0: isn't that vulnerability? Authenticity is vulnerability.
1: Mm -hmm. It really is. And now um, in her book, she talks about different examples of vulnerability. And her thing was like, what is vulnerability? So one of the things she says is, can you give us some examples? And an example is standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Tell me that doesn't feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, for example, don't pick on me. It doesn't feel good for me because you're hurting my feelings. Well, I just stated that you're hurting my feelings and that alone right there is a piece that makes me feel uncomfortable. I disagree with that. I will 100% stand up for myself and let you know, Hey, you're hurting my feelings right now. Like that doesn't feel good even if it's a little funny, I'll be like, it is funny, but it does hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie. Sharing an unpopular opinion or being controversial. Asking for help. Can I just go ahead and put my hand up right now? Because I, this is one place that my vulnerability, I struggle with. I don't like to ask for help. And when I do ask for help, I find that people think that I'm such a strong person that I'm going to get help or I'm going to figure it out on my own. But do you know how hard it was for me to ask you for help in the first place? Like that took everything in me to ask you for help or support and then nobody stands up. Well, she's strong. She's got this. Yeah, motherfuckers, I do. But I also would really appreciate some support and help in this moment. Um, ooh, saying no. That kind of leads to this conversation that um Lynn and I have had about the fact that saying simply No, that is a full sentence. So when someone asks you, let's just use my daughter, for example, because it's the one that popped in my head. (laughs) Mom can watch my dog. No. If she asks why, I can get into it. I can, but I can also choose to say, I said no. Because that's a full sentence. I don't need to explain myself. I don't anything. Now, that being said, how fucking often do you find that you're like, no. And then making an excuse for why you can't like that part for me is the hard. No, because I, I do it constantly. I overshare and I don't want to say overshare. I will tell you no. And then I always give you a reason why now raising my children. I did that. And the reason I did that was because my parents would give us because I said so. Yeah. And I fucking hated that. I just wanted to know why, though. Like, help me understand why, and then I can move on from it. Right. Right. So, for me, when I was raising my children, I would literally say no because blah blah blah. Now, now though, my kids would walk away, not sit here being like, "But why? But mom? But uh, but I want to." I, they would just be like, "Oh, she said no, and this is why," and move on. I should have stopped by only saying no with an explanation to my children while I was disciplining them. I then turn that into everybody I talk to. No, mm-hmm. because. And more often than not, you won't even hear me say, um, like, make an excuse for it. No, because it doesn't feel good for me. No, because it's not a priority for me. Maybe because I don't want to let you down, but I can't commit to it right now. That for me is major. And I have to say that's because of you. Giving that, not having to give that explanation. You don't need to know my reasoning why. The answer is just simply no. Yeah. It Um, it is
0: a hard one, um, because I think we have been trained to honestly to lie about it. You mm -hmm. know, here's the thing that keeps coming up for me over and over again is integrity. You know, I was I worked with a coach for some time and she said, you know, everybody is out of
1: integrity. And that feels icky to me, just that statement alone
0: the truth though but let's feel just, true. like right let's just look at it because even so that was my word of the year in 2020 and that was a hard I feel year like that's been your year
1: the, your word of every year There,
0: <laughs> it feels so hard though because I, I as a, like a as an ex people pleaser It's very hard to stay in integrity because I'm afraid to cause drama. So I avoid drama as much as possible, which means that I'm not fully honest.
1: You're not in integrity
0: with yourself. A hundred percent. I mean, this goes right down to like fine tuning, which is how deep I've gone
1: inside of like, honestly being dishonest. And it feels gross to think, well, I'm not, I'm not a liar um sorry but we're all liars whether you're lying by omission or lying because you don't want to tell the truth yeah which is simply no it's not important to me like I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings I guess I'm not because really I'm not because I'm not going to change my opinion of the fact that I it's not a priority to me and it's not going to suddenly become a priority to me because it's important to you unless you are incredibly important to me and even then Am I staying in alignment by doing those things? Right. And when I say alignment, I'm talking about integrity. If I'm not in alignment, then everything else in my life is going to suffer. My business will suffer. My relationships will suffer. My personal relationship with myself will suffer. Mm -hmm. So staying in that true alignment is so incredibly important and staying in integrity is incredibly important. I find that with my authenticity, that alignment comes with it, which is how come sometimes, yeah, people are offended by the things that I say or offended by my actions because I'm going to be honest with you and I'm, I'm not sorry. And I feel like I'm going to start saying that I'm not sorry that I am me. Cause eventually
0: you'll switch from the, I'm not sorry either to just like, I'm me. And this is a no, because even in the not sorry, it's still addressing
1: the sorry. Yeah. And I really encourage you guys right below. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about the fact that I'm going to own my own shit and not, it's not that I don't care about your feelings. It's that I need to stay true and integral with myself. So I'm not willing to compromise what makes me happy to make you happy. Now that being said, this is a new thing for Meredy because of the fact that, and this is all surfacing for me right now in experiences happening in my life, because for the last 22 years, I have been a mom who has had to give everything up and compromise my life to make sure that the people that I'm taking care of are taken care of well. In my opinion, I've compromised on so many different things that I'm at a place in my life where I'm being selfish. And it's so hard to be selfish. It's so hard for me to say, no, I'm not doing this thing because I really don't want to. Well, and then let's, someone say, what? let's get into it because oh, let's do it. Okay. So a prime example, and we'll just use Lindsay in this, in this one, because this one's just easier for me to use Lindsay and not be mean. Say Lindsay calls me now. She's my best friend in the whole world. If she is in a desperate situation. Well, okay. I say that Lindsay and my and my sister are my best friends in the whole world. Now say Lindsay calls me in a desperate situation. I will 100% compromise what I need to do to help her to get into what she needs from me in that moment but say she's like hey i want to go get a tattoo will you look after my kids?" bitch no she's like yeah i figured that literally would be her answer but the reason for that is not because i don't love my best friend and it's not because i don't love my nieces because i very much do it's because now i have to compromise my time to take care of children when I've already spent 22 years <laughs> taking care of children and we're not children, not children yes. anymore <laughs> like it's a big deal for me and so let's get into it when I date this is, what this I was is where we're at yeah. yeah I know you were <laughs> when I date I have boxes that you could say I want checked I have non-compromisable boxes And I'm learning what the non-compromisable boxes are currently. I had them listed as non-compromisable. And then you compromised compromised (laughs) in order to date Mm -hmm. because the person that I was sort of seeing was seemed really great is really great. He is really great. I shouldn't say that he is really great, but we're not same. We're not in the same place because young children, uh, Drinking. So not that I drinks a lot. So when I say this, obviously I don't date people who drink a lot, but the fact that there was drinking in there and then the conversations we had about drinking, which then led to would you ever not drink? And do you see the reasons that you drink? Because the times that you drink and why in this conversation that we're having, where I'm telling you drinking isn't going to be part of my life, you need to tell me, hey, well, wait and see me get drunk first. Well, no. The answer is hard fucking no. I'm not interested in seeing you get drunk. I'm not interested in alcohol being in my life whatsoever. Then I'm told, and not in a negative way, but I don't like that you're threatening me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I am not throwing threats out there. I am setting my boundaries. I These had are my clear boundaries.
0: Exact same thing happened. That's why I ended my previous relationship. You know, we actually both drank. And then got together and I chose to go sober. Well, that person chose to be sober with me and then started to sneak drinking behind my back. And in those places where I would see that they were drinking, I would say, like, stop, stop. Like, make your own choice. And then I'll make a choice from that choice. And he would say the exact same thing. You're threatening me. I'm like, no, I'm not. I am literally sober. I'm having a fucking boundary. I not want I'm sober I can't be with somebody who drinks yeah it's just like as in general because we don't have to get too deep into the relationship is this piece of like if you then compromised on alcohol or cocaine because it seems to be just as prevalent as alcohol I mean yeah. that's smoking that, your relationship with yourself is shit man you don't care about yourself enough to disappoint someone
1: else to say, mm, I can't do this. And not just that, but let's look at what I do for a business.
0: I like, mean, let's look
1: at what brings me income. Let's yeah. look at what I do and what I'm most passionate about in the world is helping people with their addictions. Now, I'm not saying that he had an addiction by any means because he know. didn't drink a ton. We don't know what that looks like. What I'm telling you is that in my life, because of the choices that I've made, can you imagine seeing me out with somebody who is drunk and being like, that's the laser quit girl. And she helps people with addictions. Okay. So not just in what other people think, but, and that would affect my business, but within the alignment within myself, being around people, like I can go to parties where people are drinking and stuff, but I'm usually not talking to the people who are drinking. I'm usually over hanging out with the sober people, which lately the, the parties I've been to, there's been like three people at most drinking and like 15 not right. But in alignment with myself, that just doesn't align. That like shoves me out of what I believe in so strongly that I don't want no part of it. And it's amazing to
0: me in, that it that is being vulnerable. Okay. And, and authentic. The people yes. that come at me then personally um, for being sober like oh well first of all calling it down you're not doing that sober thing again and then beyond that like come on stop being such a pussy or whatever the story sure, is there yeah have a drink and then beyond that you know i know that clearly is just like we were talking about at the beginning um the fact that the people that are calling me down are drunker are than at the level. You know, yep. I, I remember saying yep. to one person in particular, I won't say who, who was on me, just have a drink, just have a drink, just have a drink. I'm, you're not a drunk. You're not a drunk. You're not a drunk. And I'm like, listen, just because I drink less than you doesn't mean I don't have a problem with alcohol. Because what that means is if I have a problem with alcohol and I don't drink anywhere close to what that person drinks, then they'd have to look at their own shit and recognize yeah. they have a drinking problem. And that's too much.
1: Well, can, can we just also get into the fact that drinking has been normalized so much that being drunk every weekend is normal? But yes. really, that's addictive behaviors, as well as the fact that it then costs you your weekend from being hungover, your money you're poisoning yourself. Alcohol causes seven different kinds of cancers inflames your body and your skin. Like there's, there's so many things. There's, and not, just one, it. yeah, just there's okay. not
0: one good thing about alcohol, except Nothing. what they started to do is tell you about like how red, ro- red wine can bring down your blood pressure. It's like, no, that's a lie. You know that, right? That's just like milk doesn't, or milk is, is good for your bones. Like, you know, that's a lie, right? Made up by Anyway, so we've gotten, we've digressed.
1: (laughs) We did, we have. We've gone in a totally different direction now.
0: So I guess we're
1: still on the vulnerability track of being honest and exposing ourselves. And so in conversations, I very much exposed myself and said, like, these are things I'm willing to tolerate. These are things I'm not. And it's not about you. It's about me, how I feel about those things. And I've been told by plenty of people, you know, your boxes are pretty, like, even just your first few boxes. So you can't smoke, you can't do drugs, you can't drink. And then on top of that, this crazy bitch right here decides that she would prefer no children under 12. <laughs> and if at all, no children preferably. Okay, so my first four boxes eliminate probably 90% of the men out there. Then let's get into the fact that like, ooh, Meredith wants you to be loyal. Oh, I'm down to probably the last. Oh, there I go. Thumbs, thumbs up again. Um Now I'm down to the fact that I'm probably down to down 95% of men. So now I have this 5% little group. Now, if we want to talk about that, that 5% group, I actually have a couple of really great friends that I love to death that fit in that 5% group. They have all the things that I want in, in a man and I can't date him because either we're not physically attracted to each other or, you know, there's just no connection between the two of us. So now really, am I looking for 5% or am I looking for 1%? So I've even been told by people, if you keep these ridiculous standards, you're going to be single forever. Do you know what my answer is to that? I would rather be happy and single than settling and miserable. So I guess I'll be single forever and I'm fucking okay with that. That being said, I do not believe I'll be single forever. I do believe my person is out there and I do believe my person will come. It's only one person. Yes. It's not 27
0: million, it's one person. And that one person
1: is definitely, definitely out there. Agreed. So to continue talking about a couple more examples of um, a vulnerability initiating sex, Mm. Some people really struggle with that because of the rejection. Men, I would say, yeah. See, even and and because of the reje- rejection feeling of it, like that's be, having sex is a very vulnerable, exposed thing. And now I'm going to initiate it and be rejected from it. That matters. Um, ooh, calling a friend whose child has just died. Yeah. The first date after a divorce. Saying I love you first and not knowing if someone's going to say it back. Not knowing if I'm going to succeed in my future endeavors and the goals that I set. That one is a scary one. Getting fired. Falling in love. Trying something new. exercise case. This one is a great one because New Year's. Exercising in public, especially when I'm out of shape and I have no idea what I'm doing. That part sucks. Yeah, because there. there's
0: people out there that make fucking videos of you in the gym and then post that up so that everybody can laugh because you didn't know what the fuck you were doing and
1: instead of helping anyways I I rant yes (laughs) yes but these are the things this is exposing yourself yeah and you know what for me if I'm doing something still or doing something stupid and you want to video that and post it it doesn't make me a bad person idiot admitting that I'm afraid Um, breaking up with someone who that is probably the hardest. I really struggle with hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the thing we were talking about earlier is that is the, one of the hardest things for me, but realizing that in order for me to choose my happiness, I have to sometimes hurt people. And that part is fucking hard. I have to say another one is ooh, being accountable, personal responsibility, that shit's vulnerable yeah. and asking for forgiveness.
0: This one is huge for me because I think in fights, to me, I think this is one of the biggest things that people fight about is it's like one person is just like pointing the finger, you, 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 you. And so the defense is automatically you, 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 even if you did fuck up and do something wrong. The hard part is to not just attack someone back and to be like, wow, I really fucked up there. You know, I've I've recognized this. Meredy came at me the a, a little while ago, and she said, "Listen, I just need to. I, are you open? If you're not, don't listen anymore." <laughs> I'm going to tell you <laughs> right now that when I try to talk to you, you constantly turn things back on me, and I'm noticing this in the in the podcast. I'm sharing this because this is how I feel, and if this is how you fight with your partner, then this is probably how he feels. I'm like, no, that's not how he feels. That's not how we fight. So <laughs> a little while later we're out and um we get into a little thing and he's mad because of my tone and then he comes at me with a tone so I mean immediately I'm like how can you fucking come at me about a tone when you have a tone and he's like see you do this every time you just turn it back on me and I'm like oh fuck you (laughs) so I sit (laughs) with it and then I'm like I mean the only way I can move forward here is by apologizing so I apologized and then And then I got out of my trauma response so I could think logically. And then it came to me and I shared. I was like, shit, my sister just came at me that I always turn it back on her. And those were the words that you literally used. And then I was like, what happens is I'm afraid that you're going to leave me. So I have to point out what's wrong with you so that you know, like, we're both all fucked up and you can't leave me so if I just point out your faults then we can focus on yours and then we don't see what a piece of shit I am and that was huge and so I said and and so my request is you know that when I have that tone can can you just say there's that tone again so that I can hear it yeah because it's not the first so time I can reel I've heard myself it. in yes so I can reel myself in yes And so he said he would do his best to work on that as well. And that was it, like me asking for forgiveness because that's not where I came from initially. It was just
1: like, fuck you. Yep. Yeah. And also that's what we were taught. Let's be real. That's what we were taught. We were, she never asked for forgiveness after she beat the shit out of you. No, Ever.
0: she did, though. That was the thing is like she the, the moments after were always the hardest because it was like, I I'm sorry that you made me so mad. And I just
1: I, That's I think not asking for forgiveness.
0: I, well, I know. And <laughs> at the same time, it was. And this is where, uh, you know, when I worked with my coach, a lot of codependency came out of like you're codependent and you have a problem and you need to like break away from your relationship with this person and spend some time like working this out because every time you go to work on your shit you just have all these excuses this isn't gonna work anymore and so that that was like a big shift shift um which just consistently puts me back in my trauma response so that I can't act like an adult when anything's going on Right. What did I just yeah. say? I go after you. Well, what did I just share? That's why I go after you because it's your fucking fault that I'm going after you in the first place because you suck. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So crazy, you guys, it, how I mean, all of our, our child surfaces yet again. Right. It's, and even when you've done work on it constantly, like we've been doing personal work. I started in 2005, 2006 when I read The Secret. You really started doing it really deeply when you started working with your coach, like what? what 10 years ago ish. Like we've been doing this work for a long time and this stuff will forever be the things we're working on. And until, and if the minute you think you're perfect, it's time for you to die. You're to all the things you're here to learn. Yeah. Um, so there's some ex- explanations as yeah, to how so- people feel. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. Like um, if we can take it a little bit
1: deeper, Mm-hmm. So, how does it feel to be vulnerable? And I feel like this first one really like it it honestly actually made me think of you when I wrote this one down because mm. it felt like, oh shit, like oh shit, And so the first one is not sucking it in anymore. I feel like maybe we've had conversations about this, and I feel like even in that you sent me an email about something about um. And we reviewed it this morning. Something about I can always see my belly through my shirt. Yeah. So, what does vulnerability feel like? It feels like I'm letting it all out. Um, the, one of my favorites is it's where courage and fear meet. Mm-hmm. It's scary and exci- exciting, terrifying, and hopeful. It's going out on a limb and not knowing if the branch is going to break. Mm-hmm. It's being all in, Mm. for example, when you first start dating or actually are dating someone and committing to that being all in, because now I actually have to fucking do it. Like, oh, it's scary. Uh, It's terrifying. The terrifying. I love this one. It (laughs) is the terrifying point on a roller coaster where you're about to tip over the edge and take that plunge, that Mm -hmm. sensation in your belly where you're like, oh, fuck. Here we go. (laughs) Ah, this one's also such a great one. And I literally feels like it just came from where you said the feeling to strike first before I'm struck. Mm-hmm. Letting go of control. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not like one of the most powerful ones ever. Letting go of control. Like, that's all right there. You just made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you.
0: I'm just calling her out all over the place
1: yeah. here. Um ooh being authentic and being my real self. Like that's Mm. another one that I'm basically, you're, you're being true to yourself these Mm -hmm. days. And that's hard Mm -hmm. doing, calling your own happiness before everyone else's stop being a people pleaser and being yourself. Mm -hmm. And now here's the best one in the sense that tell me you wouldn't feel incredibly, incredibly vulnerable if you were naked in public. Mm dude, I've Go done stand this naked in
0: public. I have done this because, you know, in you the have.
1: the last few years of, of
0: transitioning into a more spiritual community, you know, Costa Rica, especially it's well, I did it with you when we were in Nevada city, remember? And then just near the end, we heard boys going like, Oh, the, the elusive river whale.
1: Oh, you, remember yeah, you didn't wear, you didn't wear a bathing suit for that day. And it was fucking hot. I yeah. remember. Yeah. 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 But like
0: been more in these communities where naked is, is what people do and it's just how they are. And here's a zit on my ass and here's my saggy tits and here's my role and people not like double glancing. Yes. So I went to a retreat one time and I signed up for a retreat. I did not know what I was getting into. It was a mistake when I was there, but I remember they said clothing optional. And the very first thing I did was took all my clothes off. I stood in the middle of the circle. There was over 25 people. And I just turned around and I I said, look at me. Look at my ass. Look at my thighs. Look at my belly. Look at my tits. Like just look at me. And I did that every single morning. It was mm, I know that we're frozen.
1: There we go. Okay. There we go. It was it was so I can't believe how much courage you had to do that because I will tell you. No matter how much work I do in the gym, pulling my clothes off and standing in front of a group of five people, never mind 25 fucking people, fuck ass naked, I would literally just wanna like cover myself up and run. Like, run, run. So that right there shows your courage and bravery in ways that like certain other people just can't.
0: I mean, I didn't and die. And it was
1: optional. It was
0: optional. You didn't die. I didn't die. And nobody said, you're disgusting. Nobody said like terrible things to me. In fact, I remember at the end, one guy was like, can I just worship your ass? Like this, your ass. And I remember thinking, what? Because my partner before had told me that I had a flat ass. And so I always thought my ass was just so gross. And I remember I was like, look, at, I have a zit on my ass. Like, look at it. Like, this is, I'm just disgusting. And, you know, I've I've hated all these parts of me for so long. And I'm fucking sick of it because this is my body. This is my body that birthed two children. This is my body that walks me around every day. This is my body currently getting me through a fucking marathon. This is my body. Look at it
1: oh there she is (laughs) okay another rant
0: anyways continue on
1: (laughs) okay so basically the 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 point now we're going to get into is the fact that the biggest thing of you not exposing your own vulnerability and I'm not saying that you need to go expose all your bad spots or dark positions to everyone what I'm saying is (laughs) yeah you don't need to go get naked in public unless you want to okay Um, that being said, there are ways to also build your confidence in those ways. And I did just do this challenge with one of my clients slash friends who he has a fat guy mentality. We've kind of talked about him a little bit and I took him out and made him hit on people with absolutely no purpose of an outcome. Meaning the only reason that I wanted you to hit on people was to gain confidence and feel good about yourself walking up to random people. It worked. He did amazing. We laughed our guts out. I may or may not have spent the entire day making myself look like a fool and I enjoyed every minute of it. But this is the key to all of this is we're going to close out with the fact that when you are not vulnerable, you're you are choosing to forebode any joy that mm. you may get because in order to feel joy, you have to feel feelings Um, and not having joy is really a choice because you're choosing not to feel your feelings. Now, in a culture of scarcity, lack, fear, feel never feeling safe, certain or secure enough about anything, joy feels like a setup. It feels like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're always thinking, but it feels so good now, so when is it going to shit on me next? And one of the things I'd love to encourage you guys to do is look at life as everything happens for a reason. And the reason that something shitty is happening right now is only to teach you a lesson. If we go into that and learn the goddamn lesson, that shitty sensation is going to move through you faster. You're going to find the lesson in it and you can move back into joy. But remembering that joy is your choice and the two things that come from joy is gratitude and a happier life. Now, happiness is a feeling, which means it comes, it goes. It's not something that's going to stick around. Joy is a choice. And joy comes from gratitude. So there's a bunch of things that I've read why gratitude is beneficial. One is because it positively impacts your self-esteem, enhances your positive emotions. Oh, thumbs up again. Um, And it leaves you feeling happier. There's social benefits, like you attract positive people into your life. You improve your romantic relationships, strengthen your family bonds, especially in times of difficulty. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll have more, you'll be more optimistic, more charismatic by being more gratuitous, by being more thankful for the things that you do have in your life, even if there are things you don't have. The way that the law of attraction works is that if you're grateful for the things you have, the universe is going to bring more things to be grateful for. Um, also in your career, they can be, there can be some major benefits to gratitude. Like you're more patient, you make better decisions. It helps you find meaning in your work and it'll help you relieve stress. Physical benefits are huge in gratitude and the fact that it reduces your stress symptoms, reduces your depressive symptoms, helps you sleep better and motivates you to make better choices in life. So. There's some practices for gratitude. Lynn, I'd love you to share your practices first, because I know some of yours have really been awesome for me, and I've benefited a lot from those. Mm-hmm. So share with us some of your practices for gratitude.
0: Mm, I love that. Thank you. I, side note, um, I've read like well over 300 personal development books in the last like six years or something like that now. Mm-hmm. And um, something that shows up in every single book is gratitude. Every single yep. one. So, nope. to me, I was like, wait, I, there's something to do with this. Like, there's something big. Um, 300 so... books later, I feel like I should understand <laughs> it. <Yeah. laughs> I should have it. Yeah. <laughs> so, daily, like uh, three things that you're grateful for. Um, and not just like, oh, I'm grateful for my kids, you know, because those are easy go tos. I'm grateful that I live in Costa Rica, but like actually diving in. To find like, what are, so the more specific and detail oriented you are, the more you're actually seeking out the positive. So if I'm happy to live in Costa Rica or grateful to live in Costa Rica, why am I grateful to live in Costa Rica? When I look outside, I see so many colors of green. I'm so fucking grateful for the color green and all of its different shades and the way that
1: my heart feels when I'm in nature right like i feel like also for me being at your house in costa rica i was so grateful that walking out your front door there's 15 macaws in a tree i was grateful for being there to watch the macaws and listen to them yeah just to sit there and listen and experience nature yeah okay so daily
0: journaling affirmations um you know i can um know that meditation on gratitude, um, I like no. um, though it's not necessarily That's a hundred percent to gratitude. It is very like, I love you. And thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. It's really taking those moments of presence to recognize that, um, shitty thinking isn't helpful here. <laughs> yep. Um, and listening to, um, to meditations overnight, I often, um, they will be filled. Any type of abundance meditation is filled with gratitude. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. I find for me, um, being grateful for the littler things, you know, like, you know what, I'm grateful that there's enough money in my bank account. That's a big one. There's enough money in my bank account to make my car payment. I'm grateful that, you know, it's, minus 20 in Canada right now but that I get a warm house to be inside right 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 I'm grateful that I'm not in the same position as so many Canadians struggling to pay their bills yeah or I'm grateful like those are the big ones the littler ones for me is I'm so grateful that even though my kid is still living in my yard that almost every night I get to have dinner with him Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that last night my child came in the house And because I was busy painting my nails, he was like, what happened to dinner? And I was like, "Uh, I figured you should make it. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) What? And he was like, okay. And he like got up and I'm grateful that he made me dinner last night. I did have to clean up after him, but I'm grateful (laughs) he made me dinner. So who cares that I had to clean up afterwards? I get this Um, all the
0: time when people are saying things like, oh my God, you're so far from your kids. I'm like, you're right. And I'm
1: so grateful for technology. Yes. Yes. Big time. Um, I will, you know, the, the major thing for me in my gratitude. Now, if you guys are doing the journaling thing, one of the things I encourage you to do is what it's called counting your wins. And if you're say on a health journey and we have a tendency to beat ourselves up, if we even screw up just a little bit. So a great example of a way to count a win that is a small win. Instead of eating a whole box of cookies, I only ate one. Because no, yeah, I still didn't do exactly what I wanted to do, but God damn it, I did a better job than I did before. Oh, That's a win.
0: Even this week, you know, I have not been able to marathon train and I was supposed to do a two-hour run. And so I immediately go into, like, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm so exhausted. But, you know, what the gratefulness is that I'm so thankful that I'm listening to my body and that I'm mm-hmm. taking time for myself. I'll get back on training next week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Being sick sucks, but your body is saying something. So if you don't, you're going to be sick a whole lot longer. Right. I'm grateful for my body for showing me when it's time to slow down.
0: Yes.
1: Right. I hate that. I shouldn't say that. I dislike that sometimes I have to get my body to the place where it has to get me sick to get me to slow down So in the moment. I'm grateful that I slowed down so that I could listen to my body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the 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 smaller things are the ones that matter so for example and I was just talking about this we have a I have a bowl on my um, on my table my sister hated everybody who comes to my house hates me for it but I have a bowl on my table full of peanut M&M's <laughs> and people come in as they're grabbing a handful they're like why do you have these sitting here and I was like for that exact reason so that you can like laugh and give me shit but also enjoy yourself for a minute <laughs> and so moment of you know, I'm grateful for me, this, that I have my happy juice that makes it so I don't crave sugar so that that bowl can literally sit there for me for days and days and days. And I don't even eat one, Mm. right? Like I'm grateful for being able to do the life. I can't tell you guys how grateful I am for having the life that I have. I'm grateful for this podcast Mm -hmm. and the fact that we get to meet every week and chat. I get to see my sister's face. I get, we get to have these hard conversations. Um, I get to think really hard because We have to decide what we're doing. And then when we go through it, we expose ourselves. I am so grateful for the life that I've created for myself. And when I say that, part of the reason I'm saying it is because I keep hearing this you're so lucky. No motherfucker, I am not. Well, you're fortunate. No motherfucker, I am not. I have created the life that I have created. The mindset that I have is the reason I'm happy. The things that I have done are the reason I'm in the place that I'm at. And I am so grateful that's where I'm at and that I have done this for myself mm-hmm. so I feel like that's a great place to end unless you have anything else to add no I love it I hey. forgot
0: to uh
1: post this on Facebook I know I realized that like halfway through and was like oh boo that's okay <laughs> okay when yeah. you get the recording you should post it on your thing and yeah. let people watch awesome okay well thank you guys all for joining us this week and I hope you enjoyed our conversation oh. thank you for joining us on this spirited journey today we hope you enjoyed diving into the world of self-improvement with us two sisters who found their own unique paths Remember,
0: life is a tapestry of experiences and it's how we embrace them
1: that makes all the difference. So whether you're on your yoga mat, exploring mindfulness or simply navigating life's twists and turns, always keep that spirit and sass alive. We are Kalin and Nerdy Lockoff, and we're here to remind you that happiness and abundance are within reach. Stay connected with us on social media and keep those questions and stories coming. We love hearing from you. Until next
0: time, beautiful souls, keep doing the work, keep sharing your experiences, and keep living
1: a life that's authentically you. And never forget to add a little extra sass to your day. Spirit and sass, always.